Hey, it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. I'm really excited to welcome someone back onto the podcast who, when I recently asked on socials, what do you guys, what do you want to hear more of? People were like, Sam Sutherland, Sam Sutherland, (laughs) your friend Sam. That was such a great chat. (laughs) I'm like, maybe, maybe you should just all go and listen to Sam's podcast. No, (laughs) I think it's because she's outrageously entertaining and delightful, but also honest and real and unfiltered. Uh, And I think we all appreciate that. I think at the moment, I'm just feeling the need to um, check in with my expectations of myself at this end of 2021 and just check in with some friends, see how they actually are, have some real conversations about what the hell just happened. (laughs) Honestly. So Sam, you're in Sydney and you co-parent your young child who's done a lot of home learning for people who are listening from overseas. Sydney had a really extended lockdown in 2021. And you also run your own consulting business. So it's a lot. There's a bit there. It's a uh, it's a, there's a bit. Um, you do have the beach, um, but, you know, life is a lot. So welcome back to the podcast, Sam. Thanks for having me. Uh, how are you? So, That's like, pretty good. how are you? How are you? This is the thing. Our answer, our default answer is, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, everything's good. Yeah, I mean, we're but out think- of lockdown. So, yeah, everything should be good. <laughs> but one of the thing, one of the reasons I think we're talking is because you asked, what can we talk about? And I was like, how about my anxiety? <laughs> 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 and so I'm good and um the oh, I actually almost already feel quite close to tears like the overwhelm of the last year is catching up yeah yeah and I think this is it's something that has caught me by surprise even although it shouldn't have um a level of fatigue uh, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells because at any moment the kids could just be quarantined at home after, you know, getting them finally back out there. Things feel heavy for me, a bit heavier than usual. You're a naturally optimistic person. Yeah, yeah, and, and also I think, would agree that things feel heavier. I don't so, have that eggshells thing because our new premiere is not going to lock anything down. Right. Um, okay. so I don't have that fear of things going back to normal. I mean, there are other concerns with him, obviously. <laughs> oh, obs. So tell me, where is it coming from with you? What's Where is the anxiety yeah. coming from? So my son went back to school last week yeah. um, and I was like, I'm going to be kicking goals, getting so much done. And I kind of collapsed a little bit. Yeah. And I know you did too. Yeah. And like I kept everything ticking along. And, of course, had, like, plenty of moments of joy and all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm finding it very hard to feel like I'm doing enough in my business, which is, you know, a bit of its own, that feeling of am I doing enough, I think, is shared by many people, many women, especially 
across many bit different areas of our life. And for me, it's concentrated in my business at the moment. Um, then I have been uh, in that overwhelm and exhaustion. I think I've been like doing habits that are the kind of habits that take you away from yourself instead of back to yourself. And so that has not been helpful, like scrolling social media, um, just being messy with the habits that I put in place to help support myself. Um, so like staying up too late, all the kind of things that we do. Um, and I'm just tired. I think I'm tired. Right. <laughs> and uh, Lisa Carpenter always says a tired mind is an asshole. It's so, tr- it's so true. It, it's so true because I feel tired. Like I just went and had a blood test today because I think my iron has dropped again because I just feel really like overly lethargic. And when it, when that starts to happen, it just, it infiltrates everything. It and you can, I can just sort of spiral a bit more than, and, and I mean, okay, so here's the thing before I go into that. When I hear you talking like this, what I've been sitting with myself over this last literally just couple of days because Monday we're recording this on a Wednesday and my kids had their first day, all three of them back at school. I had an empty house for the first time in months on Monday. Then it was mm-hmm. cup day yesterday, so everyone was home again. So I'm literally just like only easing into this. Yeah. And and I'm so exhausted and I feel like my body's kind of doing this massive exhale of just like having held on for so long. And you know what I struggle with the most is just allowing that to be the case, just yeah. allowing myself to feel shittier than usual in my body, in my motivation levels, in my, you know, just sunniness. I don't know, just in all the things, not being able to bring it in the way. So I sort of call it bringing it. And then I started to just go, well, imagine I just surrendered into this, just being this stage. And I might not feel like socializing, like everyone, you know, it feels like everyone's out there doing really fun things. I'm like, actually just don't have the energy for that. Mm. Right. Well, even that, like I have been out there doing all the fun things and loving that aspect of things being a bit more back to normal. But what I noticed was that, so in Sydney, um, school just went back and it just went back for everyone. So we didn't have this staggered approach you guys have had. Like they all just were back at school last Monday. Yep. Um, and at the same time, almost everything unlocked. And it was like overnight, there was suddenly five times as much traffic, mm. time to get park. There's people everywhere. There's a million things going on. There's activities every night. School, act, like kids' activities are back on. And so what we went from this like really overwhelming, exhausting, high stress, et cetera, et cetera, like what well, Sydney was locked down for 107 days just now. Um, and we went from that straight bang back into normal life. And, in fact, you know, I did the research on the impact of COVID on working women, which I talked about in the last podcast we did as well. And one of the positives that people talked about was the fact that things were quieter mm. and so there's less activities, mm. there's no FOMO about going out at night, mm. Mm. there's just less stuff going on. You can just focus on your family and being together. And that overnight went. And so everything picked back up. And so we've gone back into a really fast-paced life with no recovery from this really long, exhausting lockdown. And, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. It's not like it's over. There's still people dying every single day across the country. 
and across the world. Um, and so there's also fear a bit with opening up and what that means and what might happen and is my mom going to get sick or kids going to get sick now they're back at school. But then also, but now we've got to go to tennis lesson and swimming lesson and do the party on the weekend and then the birthday party and then the other thing. And, you know, there's all, it's like we went from one type of hectic to a different type of hectic mm-hmm. just overnight with no recovery. And, you know, I'm getting like physical symptoms in my body that are coming out because of just the tiredness and stress and I'm not sleeping particularly well. And, you know, when I said, let's talk about my anxiety, I feel really anxious about a number of things. And and anxious is not my normal state at all. So even if I think, um, I think people, if they have, um, I don't know what to call it. it like I, I just feel like people have a tendency towards anxiety or depression. Some people obviously have both. And I would say my tendency would normally be, would have previously always been towards depression if I was going to have a glitch in my mental health, uh, the robustness of my mental health. But now I'm feeling really anxious. And the thing is it's distracting too because then I'm feeling anxious and I'm doing non-soothing activities to try and soothe myself, like scrolling Instagram, <laughs> which doesn't do anything to reduce your anxiety. Mm. And that's distracting me from doing work, say, and then I feel anxious about my work and it kind of snowballs in the wrong direction a little bit. So I feel like I'm kind of in that place today. Do, do you know what is causing the anxiety? Or is it just this overall, just yeah. in, in this state? Like you just not. I would not... say, it, yeah, that. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm kind of in this state at the moment where that is my response to things if yeah. I feel anxious rather yeah. than there's like a big thing that's happened or 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 like even an identifiable thing that's happened, right? So it's yes. like um, and and things are feeding it that will want that I should not be, you know, so stuff like the housing crisis in Sydney, right? So we're on track to be the biggest increase in house prices in Australia ever this year. And I'm sort of feeling a bit like I'm going to be locked out of the market forever. But what I'm doing a little bit at the moment is like, oh, well, maybe I should kind of explore it. And I'm getting lots of emails from agents because as soon as you look at one thing, you just get emailed from all of them. And and then I'm getting targeted with, you know, articles about how we had a five and a half grand per week average price increase this year in, a, in Sydney. And then that feeds the anxiety. And then it all kind of is like, I feel like I need a bit of a total reset to step away from everything. But when do we have time to do that? So how do you... So I suppose the question, and maybe this is partly what we're going to explore, is like how do you find that reset in your, in this hectic life? This is so crazy that you bring up that word reset because literally <laughs> this morning I was walking back from dropping the kids at school and I was just walking down the street and I feel a bit the same. I did a, a healing thing, not last not this past Monday, but the one before it was like a releasing. And it was like, literally release, write down everything that you release, like every part of your identity, your life, like all of the things, imagine none of it was kind of there and you were starting from scratch. It was so intoxicating to think (laughs) about that, like on all levels, like I'm not even, I'm releasing living in Melbourne. I'm releasing, you know, just like having a business, I'm releasing it all. Like I'm just, 
it's just all like, wow, what is left there? And then as I was walking this morning um, by myself, which is still just so great, uh, um, I was thinking about what are we going to continue carrying from this year that we can actually release? So what are we so used to worrying about now? What are we so used to being on the lookout for? Um, how has life, because I think here in Melbourne too, like it's been two years of this mm. and it's like I know that I'm not my normal character. Mm. So what am I holding on to? What needs to be released just in my everyday? And I was like, you know what, I just feel like going back to the old small step stuff, like just where can I start? What's one thing that I can do for myself? You know, yesterday I made some homemade cookies it felt really nice to just sort of do that in new recipe, healthy recipe. Of course, kids did not like them. <laughs> <laughs> I used tahini in the recipe. And they're like, I don't understand. Why does this taste funny? I don't like it. Like, anyway, but it's like I said, I was like, oh, and I was talking to, to Mel about it on my team. Like, I just feel like maybe everyone's at this point where we just need to simplify everything and go back to the basics. Like mm. what it doesn't stress my brain out. What is good for me that I just need to remind myself I can do now or that I might have space for, but like it can't feel hard because so much has felt hard. Yeah. So much has, has felt like a slog. So it needs to feel kind of spacious and inviting and not too hard. And that was all the small step stuff. I said, oh, I remember when I created the Easy Kitchen Reset, which was kind of like exactly what I'm feeling I need. She goes, you literally have a product called the Easy Kitchen <laughs> Reset. Where is this thing? <laughs> Where give is it? To, I need give it. it to me. I'm like, yeah, but there's a reason why sometimes when everything gets too much, I'm like, okay, what's the simplest thing I could do to just help myself in this moment and like release all the, but you, but you actively, I actively need to get into that headspace and sometimes, yes, yes. And I actively need, um, you know, to move my energy. So, I mean, I do things like kinesiology and body talk. I'm wondering, like, we we just were saying it before, the things that you know help you in these moments, mm. what are they and are you doing them and what's stopping you? Yeah, yeah those are good questions. I also just want to um, comment on a couple of the other things you said just now, if I can. So one is... Um, you know, for anybody who's listening and feels like, oh, my brain isn't even working properly anymore and this, mm-hmm. you know, feeling of like I just need a total reset, that there's actually research that is showing that people's ability to retain information, learn new things, all that kind of stuff is, has been affected by the pandemic. So this period, a long period of increased stress, is physiologically affecting people, it's neurologically affecting people. And so if you feel like that, you're not alone. This is like a studied phenomenon that is Mm. happening to people. Mm. And so also I really like, Lisa, that you were talking about really simple things you can do Mm. because we need simplicity right now because we're recovering from a global collective trauma. Right. And and researchers know that actually our brains aren't working as well right now. And so pick a thing that's super simple. 
Did you, uh, Joe from my team shared that they're doing studies at universities. I think Harvard is showing that people are asking questions, like people are retaining 15% less, like they can't, they're not rocking up to exams, able to retain things. They're asking questions that it's like, hey, we covered this or that's like 101 and we're here at 301. So what's happened here? So it is an actual thing, which is a fucking relief. Like, yeah. can we just be honest? You know, people aren't alone. And that's why I'm having these conversations on the podcast, because I think we need to just normalize the abnormal right now. Yes, yes. The other thing that I just really want to kind of acknowledge as we go into this conversation of what do I do that helps me and why aren't I doing them and all that kind of stuff is the um, the privilege that we're assuming in this conversation, mm. right? So um, one of the things that really helps me that I'm not doing is acupuncture. And acupuncture costs money you know and not everybody has access to or the financial means to access things like acupuncture and I just really want to acknowledge that too that um you know we all have to do it from where we're at and some of us like you and I both have a huge amount of privilege in the way that we respond in these circumstances I just feel like that's really important to acknowledge in this moment as well because the pandemic has disproportionately impacted um, lower socioeconomic income people and people of color yeah, And they're also the same people who have less access to the exact things that will help us as we move yeah. forward. From here. Also to say on that, uh, I had already in place mental health support. So I'm not someone scrambling to try and get a place with a therapist or yeah. stuff like that. That like there is also a very, very real shortage of support yeah. um, that people are struggling to get the help that they need. Yes. And then on that note, though, I think some of the things that we're going to talk about are also accessible to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so my my response will have some things that are very privileged in that my access to them and some things that less are less reliant on that privilege. Um, so, Dan, to answer your question, what are the things that help me and am I doing them and why or why not? So one is swimming in the ocean. And so you know that already. I and I've probably talked about this before. I swam in the ocean every day for a whole year, and I was trying to change my life. And it was actually Denise Duffield Thomas who mentioned it to me. Not mentioned it, but we went away and we swam, and the, it had rained, and so the water was cold. And I was like, oh, I don't care, I'm going in anyway. And she said, you know, I bet if you swam every day for a year, it would change your life. And I was like, well, I want to change my life, and just started that day a year of swimming, which I remember as well being sort of day, you know, 150 in or 200 in. And I still had hundreds of days to go and realizing what a huge commitment I had made to do this challenge. But by then people were invested, you know, I'd been posting about it on my Facebook and people were asking, are you still swimming? How's it going? I want to see the post, all this kind of stuff. So I put up like my reflections of, of things that I learned or thought through the swimming as well as photos of sunrises and stuff. But so ocean swimming has been a big thing actually during lockdown. In fact, this lockdown I started, so that year of swimming, Sometimes I just got my head wet, like it wasn't anything about distance. And this lockdown, I've actually started swimming quite long distances. So I've swam Bondi to Bronte a number of times. So I swam Bondi to Bronte and back to Bondi one day, which is a five-kilometer swim. I've never swum that far. Um, And I also still often go down and just dip my head under. And almost every time I do that, especially when I'm doing it for like energy movement reasons, I call upon guardian angels to support me I will say a little mantra or say a little prayer or ask for support um, from the universe 
And I find that like a really grounding thing. And you know, one of the things I said during that year of swimming is whatever energy you take to the ocean, the ocean has bigger energy. And so that is still true. You can take anything to the ocean and it will, it will take it for you. And I think that there are other places we can do that, like grounding in nature in any way, any access to nature, even just putting your feet on grass has that effect of grounding you in a slightly different way and sort of changing your energy a little bit. Um, another one that really makes a big difference for me is all the energy work. So you talk about that too, kinesiology, um, acupuncture. I have a, an amazing acupuncturist who I just booked in with next week and I'm doing an energy healing session tonight. Um, meditation is a free form of energy healing. So totally I agree. One of the issues is that it takes some of these things take discipline mm. and willpower to enforce them. And sometimes we're, we don't have any more of that. Like we're too tired to make ourselves sit down for 10 minutes. Um, but I think that the effort to do it is well worth it. And even if you only do it when it takes, when the whim takes you, um, you'll still get the benefits of that. And then I think that you, you know, have the energy for it more and more the more you do it because it just has such an amazing impact. So meditation, when I think, when I can, when I can force myself to sit down. <laughs> you listen to guided. Sorry? You listen to guided meditations? I don't anymore. I just do silence. I've done a lot okay. of meditation over my life. But yeah. um, I used to use the Headspace app. So, in fact, I used the Headspace app for a long time, guided meditations. And then as you kind of progress through, you can use different ones. And then they have a one that takes you to more and more silence. And then I realized I was paying all this money for the Headspace app to listen to silence. <laughs> so I got rid of the app and I just do silence. <laughs> Um, but also you know I find that uh like meditation has has such a big impact like so let me just tell you a little story (laughs) last weekend I went to uh Wollongong which is an hour and a half south of where I live and we were going to meet some of my boyfriend's friends they're all Latin American no one can make plans timing means nothing And so we were on the road and then I realized he was wearing shorts. I thought we were going for a barbecue. And I was like, I don't have swimmers with me. And he's like, yeah, we're going to the beach. It's like, well, you gave me a terrible brief because I thought we were going to a house for a barbecue. So I didn't even have swimmers. So I was like, oh, that's kind of annoying. But we were already sort of too far. I was like, it's going to take us half an hour more on the trip to go back and get them. And So we just kept driving. And then we got there and the friends were like a 15-minute drive and a 15-minute hike away from where we were. And he was, my boyfriend was like, okay, we'll just, we'll wait here and you come here. And so I was like, why don't we use this chance to go and get swimmers? Went to Billabong. He was shot. Went to David Jones. Turned out it was just a David Jones food court. Went somewhere else. And I got back in the car after that. And I was like, I'm a little bit grumpy now. I just need a minute. And then I sat and meditated in the car and I was literally thinking, breathe in love, breathe out frustration, breathe in <laughs> love, breathe out frustration. <laughs> my eyes shut and then he like diverted the car and went and found a place for me to get swimmers hilariously of course we never went for a swim because it wasn't actually a thing at the beach of course um, but but like in that moment 10 years ago I would have been awful to be around because of that I would have let myself get in a massively bad mood I would have let it take me for a ride I would have been rude to him and either not spoken probably about what was going on or attacked like whatever I would have done, it wouldn't have been mature and it wouldn't have been a positive thing. And it probably would have just ruined the rest of the day because you have a fight over it, right? And I actually thought, it's pretty annoying, but I don't want to ruin the whole day. 
what's the point in that? Who benefits from that? Nobody. And so, you know, this meditation, it was like such a great illustration of what a difference it can make because it's 10 minutes and then I was like, okay, I'm fine. I can be fine now. I don't need to like hold on But this is why they call it a practice because, you know, that's why we have to do it even when we're feeling good because... Then you then, have it to call on when you f- don't feel good. Yeah, or like that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen that you've never meditated before and then you sit in a car in a really grumpy mood for 10 minutes, you know, breathing in love and breathing out frustration. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that just wouldn't have had an effect if I expected myself to do that without any prior practice. Of oh, totally. Meditation, one of the, you know? Yeah, exactly. One of the things about meditation is that the first thing that happens is all the noise gets turned right up. And so if you'd never meditated before, if well, for me, if I had never meditated before and I was sitting in the car trying to do that as my way of ma- anger management, all that would have been happening is for the entire 10 minutes, I would have been like, I can't believe this is happening. This is ridiculous. Why can't anyone make a plan? Why are we doing this? Why didn't even tell me to bring my swimmers? We wouldn't even be in this. Situation. And those thoughts would have just amplified because mm. for me, anytime I get, and this is probably part of the thing to do oh this is so helpful you know because this is a bit like a free therapy session where I can verbalize all the things I need to talk about and and probably make a change um but uh when I get stuck in my head that that's the worst place for me to be because I start to ruminate on stuff I start to um things amplify into what's something that's not even there Mm. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the feelings of anxiety that I have at the moment are actually really rooted in the future. So, um, we were talking before we hit record on this about how I have a bit of anxiety in my relationship. Um, and I don't know how much of that is like his behavior and how much of that is, for example, this is the first serious relationship I've had since I got divorced. It could be Mm -hmm. 100% that, um, but if I spend too much time just thinking about whatever makes me anxious in my relationship, then all it does is make it bigger and it gets harder and harder to not feel anxious about it and to just connect on a more normal way. And then if you're not connecting because you're busy feeling anxious, then that snowballs that as well because then you don't feel connected to them. And um, and that's true for anything. So the property thing that I was just talking about, if I'm spending a lot of time thinking about it or reading articles about it, like, well, I'm not buying a house tomorrow. It would be probably better for my mental health to have no view of property anything right now <laughs> because all it does is is amplifies this feeling of anxiety. And then it's the same with um, so financials, right, around my own business. Yeah. And so, you know, you're constantly um, making sure that the business is bringing enough money and checking that you've got a pipeline of where it's going to come in from next and I'm a single mom like you are and so I've got to be, there's no support if there's not enough money. And, um, you know, there was one night when I woke up in the middle of the night and I started freaking out about money and I was like, I added up how much I thought I was going to make this half year and and I was like kind of freaking out about it and I was like, this is never going to work. What? How am I even going to survive on this? And I was awake for hours in the middle of the night. And then maybe the next night I was talking to my boyfriend about the, because he knew that I was awake a lot that night. Um, and I was like, yeah, because I was so worried about money. He's like, well, maybe you should, you know, actually write it all down, like what you think is coming in. And I had misestimated at two o'clock in the morning, awake, <laughs> anxious. I had misestimated by $50,000. <laughs> and so, of course, I was freaking out. Right? The calculator so- in your brain yeah. <laughs> is not working at 2 a.m. Exactly. And so, if there, 
one way of taking myself out of my head in that moment would have been to like look at the facts mm. and and without being able to do that what happened was it just amplified and amplified and I was awake for hours freaking out about it and I was worried all day the next day and then we had that conversation and then the next day I did the numbers and then it was like oh actually things are fine um and so I think that's really you know like what tool can you use to get yourself out of your head whenever you're stuck in it that's for me with my anxiety right now I don't know if that's helpful for anyone else who's listening. (laughs) No, I think it's absolutely helpful because there's a point at which, you know, we talk about it's important to acknowledge whatever it is you're feeling, have anxieties come up, don't judge them, just like, okay, what's here for me? Because sometimes it's actually pointing you in the direction of, hey, you need to go and get this sorted or this is on your mind because you need to get something into, into action. And so I'm always like, okay, well, well, what's, what's actually here for me, but then it becomes rumination and then it becomes just, um, torturing yourself. And, you know, we've talked a a lot of that that exact language this morning with another friend. Like I have to stop torturing myself about some of this stuff. And and why is that? Why is that the norm? Why is finding something and just like beating ourselves up or, you know, really being hard on ourselves for something or forcing some sort of decision before we actually can, you know, there's a, why is it our default? And we've talked about anxious attachment. Sam's got a hand up, everyone. (laughs) But like, we've talked about anxious attachment too. And so in like in relationships, how is that playing out? Why am I sort of freaking out? when something happens, when it's actually not a freak out moment. So being able to observe ourselves, observe what's really happening, not make extra meaning is powerful in those moments for me. Yes, definitely not. And and I, you're right as well, not having judgment around it. Like it's not helpful to sit there thinking like, oh, why am I being so anxious? Because that doesn't yeah. help anything either. It's much more I am feeling anxious. And, mm. you know, the thing is too, it's quite hard to be able to step back from it properly So this morning when I was feeling really anxious about a few things and I was on social media, look, I I have a tendency to use social media in unhelpful ways, which I think many people do. However, I'm a bit ashamed of that. Anyway, I was doing that. One of my friends calls it, um, she calls it, she says it's the same as, she calls it like virtual self-harm because you are self-harming yourself, but just not in a visible way. And I could observe that I was doing it, right? So I was like, I'm feeling really anxious. I can see that I'm doing this virtual self-harm. This is really unhelpful. And I couldn't quite stop it. Um, And it was actually a conversation with someone that helped snap me from that, which when we talk about the tools, right, I think another really important tool for me is um, connection, human connection with other people. Yeah, And so there are a few people, so you're one of the people that I would call, who I can talk to them and help process what's going on for me and it helps shift the energy around it and helps get things clearer for me and get me out of my just ruminating in my head. Um, uh-huh. And so I'm- I think using those to right, like calling someone being like, oh, I'm freaking out, I need some, like the conversation I had was kind of accidental, so I didn't wasn't proactive on my part. My scrolling, my virtual self harm got interrupted by the phone call. But it, but it made the difference, right? That was um 
And so, yeah, the connection with other people is a massive one for me, I think. And the other thing too is, you know, Brené Brown in her 10 Tips for Wholehearted Living, one of the things she talks about is um, is shared humanity. And so mm-hmm. when we were talking earlier about the fact that you're not alone if you feel like this, this is a studied thing that is actually happening to people mm-hmm. all around the world, um, can help because it stops you feeling like, oh, why am I such a singular failure? And rather, <laughs> everyone else is nailing life except exactly. me. No one else is worried about house prices, literally, except me. <laughs> everyone else is somehow loaded. How are these people doing it? <laughs> um, but that is a helpful thing. And I think, yeah. like, I used to not find that idea helpful because I was like, well, how does someone else's suffering help my suffering? As I've matured in my (laughs) thinking around it, I actually more now think it's this thing of, oh, I'm not alone. And maybe how I see myself isn't how other people see me. And so if I can talk to someone who I know loves me and thinks the best of me and respects me and say, you know, I was just talking about a work thing with you before this where I feel like I'm kind of messed it up and I'm not feeling a bit funny about it. But if I were actually to talk to you about that in detail and you're like, well, you're not an idiot. You know me. You don't. And so when it's someone that you trust and they can reflect back to you, maybe a different version of the version of you that you're focusing on right in that mm, minute, mm-hmm. then that can be helpful as well. Totally. I, mean, I know you've got to go in one minute because you've got to go get Charlie. And I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. I know, we do. We just got started. Should we, should we do it? Should we do a version of, you know, part two? And talk about like moving forward and what we're going to be doing. Or do you want to just call it? Do you want I to mean, just call? I'd love I've, to. Maybe we let's should do ask, it. let the people speak, see if they actually want to hear <laughs> the next the next stage of this conversation. These two just <laughs> broken women chatting to each other. Because no, that's you know, not what though, this is. Like saying that, it's funny. And like no one who follows you on social media would think of you as a broken woman, right? That's not how you present. And and I know you're I know you're being facetious, but I just want to make the point though that, that exactly what I just said, which is like how we see ourselves, maybe isn't how other people yes. see us. Oh, and and what we're reflected, having ourselves reflected back to us by people who love us, can be um, really important and really helpful and healing, right? Right. Because it's just I feel the same thing. Like if people look at you know the other women in your momentum group, and we were talking about finances mm. on one of the last mm. calls. And like, there was a lot of people like, oh, wow. And like, I compare myself to other people. Other people compare themselves to me. Like everybody has this, uh, you know, we can, we, we can find people who make us feel bad about ourselves or yeah. ways to make us feel bad about ourselves. Or we can find the people who make us feel like, oh, we are one and I'm you and we were all one and we're all part of this together. And I think this is part of the reset because I think so many of us spent probably a bit too much time on social media and absorbing things through lockdowns. And now we're like, okay, I want to be in the world. Okay. That means returning to ourselves, taking everything down a notch, just simplifying, resetting, finding who we want to be in this moment, being super kind to ourselves. And for me, that does involve, I'm a verbal processor, just like you. And it involves having conversations. It involves getting out of my own head, sometimes a bit of a, you know, those good friends who can often be a mirror and be like, Sam, what do you mean? Like, you're good at what you do. Don't take what these people are saying, like, you know, blah, 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 like we were talking before about the brief and, and just allowing it all to be okay. Just allowing it, like, don't judge it. 
That's mm. where I think the the strength comes in and why these conversations are good in the terms of shared humanity because if there's examples of people who aren't at the top of their game but are still showing up and are mm. practising kindness to themselves and are looking for opportunities to move through whatever it is and also just be with it with compassion for themselves, then surely that's a good thing. Yes, I agree. Go we, and get, can be, we can do, we can offer that beacon. No, we can just goals, but try to no, no, Just not at the top of the game. Maybe it's like a mid-rung and yeah. feeling like rung out. But like, you know, I, I have never wanted to show up and be some sort of um, fake version of what, what's going on. And, you know, yeah, like I'm a solo parent who's just gotten through... <laughs> It's the most ridiculous stuff. It's not. I'm not meant to be at the top of my game yeah, at this stage. Exactly. I feel so. Any any way that I can show myself compassion and encourage other people to do that, no matter how you're feeling, all the feels have a place in human existence. So just don't judge them. Anyway, I'm stopping now because you were like, I've got a hard stop at 2:45, and now it's 2:47. <laughs> I'm feeling stressed. <laughs> now I'm feeling anxious. I just I came on the podcast to pass my anxiety to you. Don't worry. I thought we might go over by a couple of minutes and I'm not going to be late to school. Okay. All right. Um, well, I think let's let's catch up again like in the next few days and do a bit of a part two. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Okay. All right. I'll speak to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode.